Hey there, friend. You know, weight loss can be a pretty tricky subject, especially if you've already lost some weight and you're working on those last 10 to 15 pounds. It's definitely a different experience than when you're trying to lose the first 10 to 15 pounds. Lots of people have a whole lot of opinions, and it can feel pretty lonely to be working on those last few pounds by yourself. That's why I'm bringing back a beloved free training called Losing the Last 10 to 15 Pounds. We are going to talk about what losing those last pounds is, and more importantly, what it's not about. We'll bust through the myths, and we'll talk about what's really needed to lose those last 10 to 15 pounds. And finally, I'll share with you how to lose the last 10 to 15 pounds in a way that is loving and safe and healthy, and most importantly, a positive experience for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Tuesday, May 21st, 2024, once at 11 a.m. Central and the other at 7.30 p.m. Central. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a great time together. But if you can't make either of those times on that day, I'm not going to leave you hanging. We are offering several watch parties through the rest of the week and even on the following Saturday. So come and watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will definitely be worth your time. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash lose the last. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash L-O-S-E-T-H-E-L-A-S-T. Now, please enjoy the show. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 195. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Well, hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. I have an incredible success story for you today. I know you guys love these. I get get so many emails from people going, I love hearing people's success stories so much. And I'm I'm so glad to be able to to bring this, this series back. It's so fun to hear about how other people transform their lives, right? And I have a really, really good one for you today. So I know her as Pri, but she her real name is Priyanka Venugopal. She is an amazing, amazing doctor who has made just tremendous strides and has just completely <laughs> solved her weight problem and improved some really, really challenging relationships in her life, just totally has transformed her life for the better. And as she'll tell, I mean, she'll tell you everything, but she's like, you know, I came for the the weight loss, but didn't realize how much my life would get better being in this program. And so I just want you to hear about the amazing success that she's created for herself. Then you can think about, you know, whether maybe possibly (laughs) doing this work yourself would be helpful. So if you listen to this episode, and you think, you know what, I do maybe want to find out more about what this program is about, just so you know that that uh, free training that I'm doing on Thursday, this Thursday, the eighth, I will at the end let you know more about the weight loss for doctors only program that I will be starting in January. So if you are interested in just finding out more about it, getting the details, asking questions, things like that, make sure that you come to that call as well. Of course, if you're not interested in that, that's completely fine. And I'm still going to get you amazing, good help. Okay, please enjoy my conversation with Priyanka Venugopal. Priyanka, Pri. 
<laughs> I know he is pretty, but your name's Priyanka. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Katrina. I am so thrilled to be here. I'm so excited to have you tell us your story. We've already kind of talked a little bit about it. And I'm like, okay, we have to stop. I know. We're going to waste all the good stuff for everybody. So Chatted let's just forever. start with you. Right, exactly. Let's just start with you introducing yourself just briefly, kind of giving everybody an idea about who you are. Sure. So my name is Priyanka. I am an OBGYN in Northern New Jersey. I have two kids, a five-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter. And yeah, I'm I'm living the life doing the OBGYN thing and managing these two I like to call them jelly beans, but they're really turning into some <laughs> some jumping jelly beans because <laughs> they keep spicy they ones. keep me on my toes. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, exactly. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's you know. I'm telling you, my youngest is seven now, and I'm like, I feel like we've we're we're coasting a little. Like there's periods where it's harder, and then a little easier. I'm like, oh my gosh, and you know, I've coached so many times on how much I struggled with my daughter when she was four and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun mm-hmm. to see like, they're really hard at this age and then it gets better, which is. I better. remember that actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a real, real job. Especially now with back to school, we had kind of gotten into a little bit of a rhythm before yes. this, whatever semblance of yes. back to school we have. And now we're, yeah. you know, we're back to we're new transition, a new time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Do you have someone who takes care of them at home or do you? So I have a, I have a nanny. So while, whenever I'm at, I'm at the office or whenever I'm on call, I have a nanny. My husband's working from home because of COVID. Yeah. My son was supposed to start kindergarten this year. And so they gave us the option. Our town gave us the option, virtual or a hybrid model. Yeah. And just with him being five, you know, the virtual thing wasn't really going to be a good fit for him. And we didn't feel comfortable yet sending him physically back in because we yeah. still see my parents and they're older. And yeah. we really wanted to feel safe about whatever we did. So we decided actually to create a micropod. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of just doing our own kindergarten. We have a couple of kids. We have a certified teacher and we're doing cool. our thing with that. Yeah. Love that it's that awesome. is so awesome. Good for you. I love yeah. it. I love it. A good solution, right? Mm-hmm. We, so every good. time. Okay. So tell everybody the story of your weight struggle. Like how old were you? Mm-hmm. How'd this all begin for you? So I would say for me, you know, I can't even think about how old I was, but from the earliest age that I can remember where I was even conscious of weight being a thing. And I, I think that was probably as early as elementary school, pretty early, maybe middle school, where I never felt like I was at my ideal. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was never at that age, I was never morbidly obese or even very overweight. I just knew that I didn't feel a hundred percent with what I was. And I even have, I even remember at one point, I think I was like seven or eight, me and my best friend were comparing our thighs, you oh know, gosh, like, look at my yeah. thigh, look at your thigh. I might've been eight years old. I don't think again, at that age, I didn't have the concept of weight loss or weight gain, but I just felt not a hundred percent. And I would say definitely in high school into college, that was when I started to really feel like if I was at insert blank weight, insert weight here, then I would probably feel better. Then Mm -hmm. I would feel complete. Like if I could just be at this weight and I don't even think I had a number in mind, just less than what I am now. And so I would say that it just, it started from a young age and it just trickled. It was like a, a low buzzing problem, but never at the forefront of my mind. 
I would say in college, I kind of did a gained and lost, gained and lost. And I would go through periods of time where I would be like in the gym and, you know, I would, you know, do my workouts and watching what I was eating and looking at the calories and, oh, did I eat like pizza Friday? And, and then I'd be going through periods of my life where I was not paying any attention to any of that. And my weight would reflect that basically whatever was happening in my life. And then at some point in college, me and one of my good friends, we started a dance troupe. It was an Indian, yeah, it was an Indian dance troupe. And we did the kind of mix of classical Indian dance and folk and pop and a little bit of everything. And that definitely helped just with me being more active and doing so much dance in college. But as soon as that ended, I graduated college, that structure wasn't there for me to do that. It started to creep back up. And so it crept back up. And then I would say about two or three years after college ended, I got engaged. So now we have a wedding. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was the next, you know, mile marker for me that I really wanted to lose the weight again. And this was when I really started keeping like looking at the calories and looking at, you know, how much fat and how many carbohydrates and and I'm vegetarian. So now I'm thinking like, oh, I really need to figure this out and spinning and jumping up and down. Like let's let's just shake it all off. Like, how can we <laughs> shed the weight? Um, And I would say that's probably the lowest weight that I ever got to was my wedding. And then right after my wedding, was it, was it pretty, pretty, um, um, like healthy? You think I would say I was in, I was, yeah, I was probably at, I was definitely normal BMI. I finally got to normal BMI. So I had not probably been at normal BMI maybe in a long time before that. So I, Mm -hmm. I lost probably 15 or 20 pounds just before my wedding. Mm -hmm. And so I would say at my wedding, I was right a little bit over mid mid range normal bmi mm-hmm. and what do you I think about good. you felt good i felt well, oh i was about? like oh i look good i, <laughs> I look, look good. so good i wonder how long this is going to last uh, i yeah. really was like i wonder how long i can stay like this it was like such yeah. a question like i crossed my fingers and i just yeah. like thought to the universe can i please just stay like this yeah. in this mid normal you know and I felt good. Like I remember physically, I felt comfortable. I felt like the way my clothes were fitting, the way that I was moving, you know, all of it felt good. That's why I was crossing my fingers. Like, please, yeah. universe, can I yeah. just stay in this in this weight range? Now, what you had to do though to create that weight, do you think that was healthy? No, because it was kind of desperation. Yeah. You know, I had yeah. this timeline. I was getting married in March and I, I, it was like, I had this, it it's was like an it external was like motivation, a, right? And then yeah, it was over and then what, you know, absolutely. now you don't have that as yeah. kind of like that deadline or that, you know, big event that you're about to approach yeah. where. It Which is why I you. went to wishful yeah. thinking with crossing yes. my fingers. Yes. Like I, Oh, I've done that too. A million yeah. times. <laughs> like maybe, maybe it'll just stay like this magically. Mm-hmm. I think I was like, maybe yeah. it'll just stay. Like, I don't have to do anything and it'll just stay. And I think before then, when I had the wedding and I was preparing for losing the weight for that, I, I really was like every moment thinking about how can I lose weight? How can I, how can I lose weight? How can I, it was like every moment it felt frenzied. Mm -hmm. It really felt frenzied, you know, in that process. And that's why when the wedding was over, I went to crossing my fingers because frenzy was gone. Right. Frenzy was totally gone. And yeah. you said you'd then start a medical school right away. Yeah. Six months later, I started medical school and that was definitely the start of the weight coming back. Absolutely. Yeah. Because now 
I had a lot of a lot of thoughts of just first of all the newness in medical school. It was I was in California. I'm from New Jersey. You know, I was in a different place, newly married, new family dynamics. You know, all of that, and I think, of course, the the piece of being new at something again. It's like I I, I figured out college. You know, mm-hmm. I got through that. I figured out how to have a job. I did that for a couple of years. Now I'm starting something new again. There was something really. I felt really unsure about myself. And I think that because I felt so unsure, what would I do? I would, I would, I would do the cheese and crackers at night, right? I would just make mm-hmm. myself feel better because I did not feel so great. I think going mm-hmm. through medical school and, and going through all the things. So that's mm-hmm. where that started. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you're in medical school. How mm-hmm. much weight do you think you gained during that time? Or was that Probably also Probably about down? 16 or 17 pounds, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, I started residency say, yeah, I was about 17 or 18 pounds in medical school. And that was really slow. It, it was, that's, mm-hmm. I think the other thing, it, it crept. Mm-hmm. It was a slow creep. It wasn't like I gained 10 pounds and I was like, whoa, I better do something about this. I never needed, I never thought I needed to do something about it because it was such a slow creep and I was wearing yeah. leggings all the time. And so I, I don't think I even realized, <laughs> right. you know, that my pant size was different, except yeah. whenever I would come home, right, California to New Jersey, my family would see me and my mom would be like, so, hey, <laughs> how you doing over there? You know, it's like, so I think that that was probably when I gained my first creep of weight, mm-hmm. medical school. And then in residency, I stayed, I know because in, in residency, I was a small scrub initially for like a month or two months. Okay. <laughs> and it very quickly became a medium-sized scrub. That's how yeah. I know. Just the size of my scrubs turned into a medium. And... In residency, I think that the time that I really gained the weight and I gained, again, I gained little by little in residency, but the time I really gained the weight was when I became pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I had a baby at the, at let's see, fourth year. Fourth year was when I had my son and I seriously gained weight. A lot of weight in pregnancy and postpartum. Now, let me oh, okay. ask you this, though, because you're mm-hmm. in training to be an OBGYN yeah, and you yeah, know that right. gaining a ton of weight when you're pregnant mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. not like advised. So mm-hmm. tell me <laughs> what was going so, you on know, for you in your head I about will that. Say, yeah, I will say I was one of those delinquent patients that did not really go in for my OB visits. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of that. me, I was a delinquent OB patient. I would never recommend to my patients like what I did, which is like, I would every once in a while, I would see my provider in like the hallway and she's like, oh, you need a visit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling well, baby's moving. Love it. No contractions. Oh, let's take a quick blood pressure at the nursing station. You know, uh, okay. like let's do a quick urine dip. So in terms of actually checking my weight, I didn't uh, actually check my weight all that often in pregnancy. Yeah. And because scrubs are so forgiving, forgiving. I was a medium scrub <laughs> for like some time. And then I definitely got into the large scrubs like towards the end. And I was like, oh, that's normal. My belly's so I'm big. Pregnant. Of course. Right, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Like, of course. But I wasn't actually monitoring my weight. I just felt like, oh, yeah. I'm kind of okay. I'm not eating crazy. I'm kind of okay. And I actually think that a part of me was ignoring it. A part of me was like, I know I'm gaining the weight, but I'm also kind of just going to ignore that. Yeah. You just didn't want solution. to even face it. Yeah. It's just, denial, I don't have a you know, for like, it. Yeah, yeah, so powerful. And yeah. it's kind of like, if you really realize how much you're gaining, then you might have to do something about it. Yeah. And yeah. you don't want to do that. I didn't. <laughs> right? I just wanted to ignore it. If I could just tuck it away into a deep, dark closet 
then I can, I can do all the other things. You know, right. I can look for a job and finish residency and think about board exams. Like I had all these other things. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just put this weight that I was gaining just in a deep, dark corner and deal with it tomorrow. That yeah. was deal with it tomorrow. I'm not going to deal with mm-hmm. it now. I'll deal with it later. Yeah. Yeah. I think so yeah. many people are in that similar circumstance because there's just so many other big things in your life. It's just yeah. like, you know what, you know, I'm sure people feel that way now. They're like, listen, with COVID and everything that's happening, I can't do it right now. or It's just too much right now. And you know, that's of course not the case then because, yep. you know, when you're just like, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Like there never comes a day where you actually feel motivated to deal with it ever. Absolutely not. And I was coming from a place of fear. The reason I yeah. didn't want to deal with it today, like right this minute is because I felt scared. I yeah. felt like I just didn't know how, how could I ever figure this out? It's too big of a problem. I've never really fully dealt with it. Sure. I dealt with it for a moment, like when I got mm-hmm. pregnant, but it felt yeah. too much for me. And I think that's why. Mm-hmm. So how much do you think you gained that pregnancy? Well, because I didn't really weigh myself. You're right. Let's do a little bit of a guess. I would say that I probably gained maybe 35 pounds, maybe okay. 38 pounds in that first okay. pregnancy. Uh-huh. And I remember after I had, and my son was only six pounds, 10 ounces. Okay. Let me tell yeah. you. Well, that sounds about born, right. That's about what I gained. Like, like, you know, low 40s. And my baby, my biggest baby was seven pounds, four ounces. And I was like, where's the rest? Like I maybe fluid, like amniotic fluid and the placenta. So disappointing. I really, oh, oh, and I'm an OBGYN. You'd think I know the placenta doesn't weigh 20 pounds. I know right. that. I know like my, my logical brain knows that, but there's a small piece of my mind that thought, oh, like in a week or two, like the water weight, the quote unquote water right. weight, the, like the swelling, once that yes. all just gets peed out, yeah. I can just be, you know, somewhat back to something. I was literally... I was literally seven pounds lighter. I left like my son was six pounds, yeah. 10 ounces. I was only seven pounds lighter. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, not so even the placenta. Like, where I is know. it? Did I gain like, weight? What What's going on? <laughs> I so I literally, like whatever weight I was postpartum, I stayed that weight for a very long time. And I was exclusively nursing. This was the other yeah. piece of it. I was exclusively nursing and pumping. When I went back to work, I went back mm-hmm. to, you know, being a resident and I was exclusively pumping it all. And I thought this is going to be the magic, right? I'm going to nurse and pump. And the weight is just, as people say, it's just going to shed off. right off. Yeah. My mom would say this to me in Hindi. She'd say, <laughs> just, there's a, there's a way to say it in Hindi. She'd yeah. say, it would just, it'll just, it'll just shed right off. And I'm like, oh, okay, mom. So right. it did not just shed right off. Let's just yeah. say, and there were, t- I would look at my stomach and be like, oh, what? like, is there another baby in there? Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> I really, like, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. I was in a lot of denial over what my weight was at that point. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I resonate so much with that, with just being like, it's all going to come off and it's just not at all. And then I I also remember too after that. Yeah. I remember also though, like nursing. So my son, my first child was the kind of kid who would nurse for minimum 45 minutes. I mean, there was never just like the, like if I had to sit down to feed him, it was like an hour long, mm-hmm. you know, affair. And so I really did miss meals <laughs> in my defense, but I remember sitting in that chair, nursing him and my mom coming in and literally feeding me things like just putting it in my mouth because, you know, I'm like this new mom and I need both hands to hold him and like all this stuff. And I didn't even have a hand to feed myself. And yeah, and so, you know, she's like, you need to eat. And, and then, you know, that was the other thing. Yeah. My mom was giving me these like 
delicious. Let me tell you, <laughs> she got the recipe from her family in India. Like, yeah, they're called laddus. It's like this sugary, very special for milk production and postpartum mm. healing. I was like, yes. give it to me. I had a taste. Right. Like all in, but I'm eating so well. Why am I not losing the weight? Here I am eating sugar balls. Right, balls of sugar, Katrina. Balls of sugar, and I was wondering why. Right, (laughs) why am I not losing this weight? I'm eating some sugar balls. Right, but really the worst part for me. So even after having my son, I would say a year after having him, I graduated residency. I got a job and I was like thrilled with where I was working. I have the best colleagues, the be- like the best. And, you know, we moved into our house. Like things were just, okay, I'm, I'm out of residency now. I'm starting attending life. Let's get this, let's get this show on the road. Yeah. And I went to the space where I thought I knew how to lose weight because I did it at that time when I got married, yes. which means I need to be at the gym. I need to like right. do all my spinning classes and watch what I'm eating. And I kind of went into that space again. And mm-hmm. It's not that it didn't work. It did work in that I lost, you know, maybe 10 pounds, which which felt really good. Like I saw the number on the scale going down. Mm-hmm. The number on the scale is not neutral for me. Like, oh, <laughs> this is working. It's feeling so good. Yeah. But I noticed that I kind of got stuck there. Mm-hmm. I lost the 10 pounds with that effort. And I, I just wasn't able to lose more. And yeah. I think that after a few years, then I got pregnant again, mm-hmm. had my daughter. And that was when I... I mean, I gained probably 40, 45 pounds. Again, I didn't really weigh myself. Mm. My poor partner. So you, I, you didn't gain I went to my, <laughs> I went, listen, and again, I'm going to my own practice. Like yeah. one of, one of my colleagues delivered me and yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I need a visit, need a visit. Like, do, you know, yeah, it's one of those things again, let's just take, check a quick blood pressure. We're good. Yes. Fundal heights. Okay. Right. Yes. Like quick, quick heartbeat. And I think that clearly I had not worked on my mind, obviously, because I was still avoiding the number on the scale. I was still like, oh, I don't feel good about this number. Yeah. I was almost 200 pounds. I would say so after I, I had my daughter, I was around the 200 pound mark and let's see, where was I again, exclusively nursing, exclusively pumping back at work. And now how tall are you? I am five, seven and a half. Okay. <laughs> Give me that half. Don't, half. Don't take That's it away. Right. right, right. Five, seven and a half. So I was okay. definitely now in the obese category. If you calculated my BMI, yeah. I was absolutely in that category. I could, you know, now that I'm an attending, I'm wearing actual clothes and right. they're, not, they're not fitting anymore. You know, so before I had the scrubs and the leggings and all that. And let me tell you, I rode those leggings out for as long as I could, <laughs> but my, like my shirts, like I yeah. couldn't, you know, they felt tight on the sleeve. You could yeah. feel it in the sleeves. I could feel it in the shoulders. And and again, there was a definite part of my brain that just wanted to ignore it. I didn't know what to do. So I just yeah. kept spinning, like spinning in my confusion. I tried the gym and I tried the, you know, watching the calories and the carbs and the protein and the fat, but it only got me so far. So I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that was absolutely my heaviest. And I, I was stuck there even with all those things that I was trying to do. Yeah. And I think that's like such a common story too, where when we were younger, mm-hmm. exercising a lot really did 
give us the results that we wanted. And then as we get older, it just doesn't Mm -hmm. work anymore, which is what the data shows us anyway. But it's so disappointing. And then it is so confusing and frustrating, right? Because it's like, well, now I don't know what to do. I mean, do I just need to not eat? Like, do I need to develop an eating disorder? Like what needs to happen so that I can solve this problem? Yeah. And I thought I was doing all the things. I thought mm -hmm. I was doing it. I thought I was eating well. Like, I mean, I had a tin of sugar balls near me. And I still thought, like, my brain really convinced me, like, why are you not losing the weight? Like, I was really telling myself this story. And I hadn't had that opportunity to really figure it out. I was not in a solutions-oriented place at all. I wasn't like, let's hide this number. Maybe it'll go down on its own. Let's cross our fingers again. Universe, I'm crossing my fingers. Like, please, let's help me out here. And that definitely is not the way that it worked. Didn't work. So then what happened after that? So... So at this point, now I was about six months postpartum. I was back at work and we were having some serious childcare issues, like massive, massive childcare issues. And I was, I mean, I was really at a low point at this point, particularly because I think being back at work with the two, with the two kids, something about just having my daughter, the dynamic of how the family changed, my older son, how he was behaving, how he was in preschool. Like, you know, actually when you, yeah. when I heard your podcast about your daughter, mm. I remember thinking, oh, um, oh, it's not just me. Okay. So <laughs> it's not just me with, you know, a three and a half year old that's going through all these things. You know, he yeah. was a little bit younger then, but really I thought that I was doing something wrong, you know, just yeah. how he was. I'm like, what am I doing? what am I doing wrong? What am I not doing? I must be not doing enough for him. I must be doing something less than for him to be this way. Like what's going on for him? And I really made it about me, you know, like what's going on for him. I thought I was asking myself that was totally about me. And (laughs) like, how am I I screwing this up? How am I mothering him appropriately? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a working mom. Mm-hmm. I'm like total mom guilt, total, absolute, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm lacking in my, in the mom world, you know, I'm trying to go back to work. We're having some serious childcare issues right now. That must be why my son mm-hmm. is, you know, like maybe they can sense the energy of like what's happening at home with the nanny and with the, with the, with my daughter who mm-hmm. is like a new member of our family, all of it. I was like really at a low point and I, was feeling terrible about being again, almost 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I was feeling physically just really sick of myself. Like I Mm -hmm. could feel it emotionally sick of myself and physically sick of it. Mm -hmm. And I happened to be on Facebook. And I think this is how a lot of people might have found your podcast, but I was on Facebook and just the word, somebody wrote the word weight loss. Mm -hmm. It just caught my eye. And your podcast was mentioned and there were so many comments, like hundreds of comments saying, this podcast is this amazing, amazing podcast. It's it's changed my life. And I was like, what is this magical solution here? (laughs) It's a magic pill. I have to like take a listen to this. And so the next morning driving to work, I started listening to your podcast, end of March, 2019. And I, I think like so many others just started binge listening to it. And now I had a few years to catch up on because you had started this podcast a few right. years ago. I just discovered it. <laughs> and I think that I felt this space open up in my heart, just listening to your podcast. It was the first time that I think I thought that 
my world was happening to me. My brain, my thoughts, my, my whole world was happening to me. And after listening to, I think it was just a, the first few, first episode, the first few episodes, I, for the first time started to realize, oh, I just have a human brain and I just have these thoughts and that's it. That's all it is. I just didn't know. I just right. didn't know. That's how I felt. Well, I'm like, no one told me. <laughs> I didn't I, know. Yeah. You know, I, it just, it created this. I could, I felt it really in my chest, this feeling, oh, like this light bulb went off for me. Like this is, it's not happening to me. My, my world is not happening to me. I get to choose. What? What? I get to choose. <laughs> I have a human brain. Of course, I'm doing all these things, but I totally have ownership here, mm -hmm. you know? And I think yeah. that I probably spent four or five months, April to August, listening to your podcast, implementing all the things that you were talking about. And really, I mean, I think I lost about 20 pounds before I even joined your program, mm -hmm. 20 pounds. And I, I mean, I was sharing it with patients. I was telling everybody and everyone about it and massively changing just my life. And I think that listening to the podcast was the first time that I started taking some ownership of my mm -hmm. experience for the first time. And I think you know, even as I was listening to your podcast at the end, I was like, I hope she's still coaching because I hadn't gotten <laughs> to the end of your podcast. I was like, I hope she's like, you know, I, I think that listening to your podcast started to help me create thoughts of belief in myself. Before your podcast, I had gotten to the point where I had very little belief, very little. It was dwindling, mm -hmm. which is why I was at such a low. Yeah. Listening to your podcast, it's like it planted the little seed of belief. Maybe I can believe in myself again. And yeah. I think that that has just been watered and it's, you know, turning into a plant now, that belief yeah. in myself. It's just yeah. grown and grown and grown. And it's because of working with you. Absolutely. So at, why did you decide to sign up for weight loss for doctors only? Like you were having all these great results yeah. just listening. And yeah. I'm just curious, right? Because yeah. it had to be at some point where you're just like, I'm going to pull the trigger and, and actually join this program. Yeah. How's You know, that I think process? that, so I think that, you know, the initial piece of me listening to your podcast, starting to believe in myself, I, I still didn't fully believe in myself, but I did believe in you. Like I somehow was not only inspired by your message and by, you know, just the things you were saying, you were saying all the things that were in my mind. So I was inspired by you, but I started to just believe you. I started to believe in you, you know, you as a person, you as a coach, you as a program. And I think that I chose to think that when I believe in you so much, maybe I can start to believe in myself as much. So it was almost like I was, I was using your program to learn how to create belief for myself. But the thing that helped me really do it, it was belief in you. That's so cool. And, you know, I always yeah. feel like I have so much belief in the listener who needs me, right? Yes. Listen, just borrow some of my belief because I know that's you right. can do it, right? That's right. That's so and, interesting. Yeah. And I think that yeah. that's, I, I really think that, you know, people that are listening to this podcast, right? They're listening to it. They're considering, is coaching for me? Is this program for me? I think that if you have 
even the smallest seed of belief in yourself, if you want to create a different future for yourself, I did the work. I will take ownership of the fact that I have been the the one in the driver's seat. I have been the one changing my life. But it was working with you that changed the course of my life. Yeah. You know, so like you go, you, you know, coaching and, and shining the light onto a different pathway is what totally took me down a completely different road. I didn't know that a future me could be different until I started working with you. Mm. You know, Priyanka of 2019 was full of doubt and overwhelm and confusion and mom guilt, and I'm not doing enough. And I don't know if I'll ever get the weight. Maybe I'll cross my fingers. And then the day I chose to sign up, the day I hit the button, I am mm-hmm. doing this. I decided to do it with everything. I jumped into your program with both feet. I did not look back. And I think that to be successful in this program, you have to come in with that yeah. energy. You, you, don't, you don't might not believe in yourself 100%, but you believe in yourself just enough to do it, to pull the button. To, you know, to pull the trigger yeah. and decide I'm believing in my coach. I'm believing in this process. And as you believe in that, you discover who your future self is. I started to discover who is Priyanka of 2020. I had no idea, yeah. but I totally figured out who she was while I was coaching yeah. with you. Yeah. And what I think is so good too, is like, I think people think in order to jump in, you know, like with both feet, you have to understand everything, know exactly how it's going to go, know exactly what weight you're going to end up in. You know, you need to know what the end result is and you don't like, no, you need to know is I'm just going to keep showing up whatever the next obstacle is, whatever comes up for me, I'm going to ask for help. Like, I would love it if I could do the work for Mm -hmm. my clients, right? I'd be like, Mm -hmm. listen, I'll just handle it. And like, I'll do your transformation for you, but it just doesn't work that way. Like, I really think about it. Like I'm here to guide you, but you have to meet me. Right. And that's exactly what you did. You're like, I'm here. I'm ready to go. And you know, yeah. that's the most fun person to coach, right? Because it's just like, and let's even go, like, let's do it. I think that also, you know, the, you know, if you don't see results right away, right? Like this, and this would happen to me, I would be at the same weight for a month and I'm yeah. doing all the things. And I think that it's, it's that piece of it, this idea that the scale has to go down for this to be very successful. I mean, I've lost now almost 60 pounds. Amazing. Like, In the last year and almost a year and a half, I've lost 20 pounds prior to your program and Mm -hmm. then 40 pounds during. And it's, it's because I didn't let that number on the scale. Now it's still not neutral, right? I'm still working (laughs) on neutral. But when the number on the scale didn't go down, that wasn't me meaning that it wasn't working. Yeah. You know, I think that this idea that, but the number on the scale is not going down. What's going wrong? What's nothing's going wrong. And if I know that, I love your analogy, like if you know it's in the mail, right? Like that belief, that belief for me happened the day I signed your program. The day Mm. I did it was, I'm like, it is happening. I believe in Katrina and this program just because I had to. I think I felt like if I'm going to believe in something, I'm going to believe in this. And I'm going to believe in this with every fiber of myself. And to come into a program with that energy, like I'm putting it all out there. If it happens yeah. in a month, if it happens in a year, I am all in. I'm a hundred percent doing this. Yeah. 
I love coming it. from well, that and, place. And that's how, and that's totally how you showed up. Like, and, and yeah. you know, cause here's the thing, you lost all this weight, but what we really coached on was a whole bunch of other things. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, why, yeah. You know, and I you know, I didn't know we were going to do that. <laughs> I thought I'm joining this program to lose the weight and to learn how to lose the weight. And like, let me tell you, my life is a totally different experience right now. Yeah. yeah I'm at, a, I'm at a smaller like clothing size, but I feel like I'm a totally, I'm, I'm a different person than yeah. I was a year ago. Yeah. So we dealt with lots of things. We talked about yes. all kinds of different relationships, relationships with your kids. Yeah. For one, you want to speak mm-hmm. to that a little bit? That was probably the first thing that I coached on was um, this idea that, you know, I talked about my son and, you know, really thinking that, you know, what is going on for him? How am I not doing enough for him? What am I doing that's making this be a difficult experience for him? And I realized that I was trying to change him to make myself feel better. Yeah. And that was the first thing that we did written coaching on. Actually, it was in mm-hmm. Ask a Coach. And I did a lot mm-hmm. of written coaching actually around my son. And I think you said it at the very beginning of that, that line of coaching for me was, why does he have to change? for you to feel better. It was just like such a simple question. Why does he have to change? And I thought, because it would make my life easier, Katrina. Like, that's (laughs) why it would really be easy if he just like, you know, was the social kid that went and played and went to school and no phone calls from school. It would be so much easier. Yeah. But it was working on that. Like something about that question and me really deciding, I'm going to dig into the, like the parts that I'm a little ashamed of. I want to change him. He's my son and I want to change him. I love him, but I want to change him. Yeah. And there was definitely some shame around that. And it, and obviously it's not something you talk about, like, you know, you're just hanging out right, with friends. With friends like, hey guys, right. let's talk about, like, I mean, we talk, you know, yeah. it's different getting coached on it yeah. from the way that you coached me. And like, you I don't talk to your girlfriends about it in that way. If anything, they believe the same story. They're, yeah, they're thinking yeah. the same way. And so they're yeah. corroborating that terrible way of thinking. Yeah, there's I think that there's some of that. And there's also some of like, you know, when I would look at my friends and my friends' children, they didn't have the same kind of dynamic with their kids that I did. I felt like, oh, look at their kids. Their kids are all being social and they love to play with each other and they're going off to school. And here's my kid. And why is he having the hard time? Yeah. I'm the working mom. Why am I having I made it mean yeah. because I am a working mom, I'm a physician mom, fill in the blank. I am not yeah. here. There's somebody else here with him that it means that I am doing something wrong by him. He deserves better. This whole Mm -hmm. idea of deserving. That was the next thing we talked about. Like, (laughs) why do you think he deserves any different than what he has? And I was like, because, just because, (laughs) because I said so, I don't know. But I, that was, that was, I mean, I had to really push myself there because Mm -hmm. I really, as a, as I think for years believed that he deserved more than what I could give him than what I was giving him and challenging that it was a fundamental piece of who I thought I was as a mom. Yeah. I had to challenge that. And I think that that was like so foundational that it kind of, it created enough shift in my just belief structure around my humanity as like how I show up with my, my husband, with my mom, with my in-laws at work. Like, how am I showing up? It was like that initial crack that, I think got it all started. Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting just with, you know, when, when you think about like the mom guilt of being a physician, you know, like a working mom, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, Hey, listen, you know, (laughs) I would like you to change so that I can feel better about myself. Yes. Yeah. Recognizing that 
how other people act doesn't determine how we feel about yeah. ourselves. It's all I didn't know that. I know. I didn't know that. The middleman, let your son just be who he is without getting a constant message from his mom that something's wrong with him. Yeah. Different, right? Yeah. And then and then get to decide, like, I can just I just get to love him. Yeah. No matter whether he's getting, yeah. you know, having trouble at school or, you know, like with his adjustment or anything, I, I can it's, just love him. And like I didn't, you know, what's so crazy is even before, before we ever coached on it, I never thought that I was ever giving him that impression, right? It was always like, I thought it was just in my mind. I'm just like, right. what's going on? What's wrong? I'm, I'm still showing up the same way with him. I never, you know, I never said to him explicitly, you need to change. Like, right, right, what's wrong right. with you? What's so interesting after we coached on this and I started to question my belief on how I wanted to show up, I started to change my thinking. And this took a lot of coaching. We did a lot of back and forth on this and challenging a lot of what I was coming in with. As I changed my thinking around him, he started to change. I don't know. I I, know. I, I can't, happens, it was like, isn't it so fun? It's like <laughs> my energy around him. Yeah. My we energy can't change just, them, but then nope. they change when we stop trying to yeah. change them. Yeah. It's so fun. He just yeah. sensed, I think that yeah. it was like, it was just a sense that the, the, the vibe I was putting out to him yes. is something he must've been picking up on. You know, well, I think and... about it too. Just when I was a kid, you know, there were things that like my parents didn't explicitly say, yeah, but it was understood. Exactly. Right? Like, and, exactly. and so it's the same thing, right? It's like, yeah. you don't have to explicitly say it yeah. for kids to perceive that and pick that up. It's body so, language. Yeah. It's our face mm-hmm. expressions, right? It's the things I don't it's say. Yeah. It's the things I'm not mm-hmm. saying to him. Yes. Really. I think that that's, and I think, so that was probably like two or three months really of working on that. I saw such a change, not just in him, but in my contentedness. I was so much yeah. more content with being the working mom because I changed my relationship with him. And that's mm-hmm. what then kind of led to me being like really starting to believe more deeply in this work. Like yeah. when I saw that, I, the number on the scales going down, sure, which is amazing. But this is what I bought in really, right. really heavily into the, our thoughts create our feelings. Our feelings are driving all the rest of it. Yeah. And that's what got me to work into on all the other mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you did some really amazing work on your in-law relationship. Yes. Oh, so yeah. you want to speak to that yeah. some too? You know, what's interesting is, so I've been married for almost 15 years. And I think since the very beginning, I've always hesitated around my in-laws. That's how I would put it. I w- I've hesitated around being myself and being exactly who I am because I always used to think, that there was something disapproving of me. And because there's something disapproving of me, let me just not show up. And what's so interesting, again, just because of coaching with you and doing all this work, I realized that I actually have a lot of people-pleasing tendencies in so many areas of my life. And it definitely came out with the in-laws. It's come out in school. I want the gold star in school. If I don't get the gold star, you know, then I'm less than. If I don't get the approval of my in-laws, I am less than. I'm not the daughter-in-law that they wanted. And so that means I'm just going to not show up. And, you know, my communication with them for years was like, I I like to call it background communication. (laughs) My husband would call them on FaceTime and I'd pop in the background, you know, wave, hey, how's it going? Like I would never initiate because I was hiding. It's like the same thing with my weight. I just wouldn't weigh myself because I was hiding. 
I think yeah. it also, you know, again, I never know, knew this, but I have a tendency to hide well, it's who like I am. You're rejecting them before they can reject you. Oh, absolutely. And I'm yeah. rejecting a part of myself, yes. right? As right. I hide myself, I'm totally rejecting who I am. I'm not showing yes. up. And I remember, I think this was just a few months ago. It's like actually fairly recent work that we did. It was this idea of challenging myself, daring myself to do something uncomfortable. And the idea of 50-50, the emotions of, you know, how can we feel our negative emotions? And that's still something that I'm working on because I don't, I'm trying to feel I feel like, again, as physicians, we are operating so much out of our heads. Yes. I don't even know how to feel sometimes. I'm trying to like yeah. reconnect my brain and my, and my body. Yes. My work with my in-laws was me dealing with dread. That is <laughs> what it was. When I identified it, the idea of calling them brought up that feeling. And the challenge for me was I'm going to call. I'm going to call every week. And I'm going to do this from a place of, number one, compassion for myself. And number two, to teach myself that I can totally handle dread. Nothing is going to happen to me if I do something that makes me feel dread. And I still remember the very first time I was sitting, I had my phone, I had dialed the number. I felt my heart racing. I felt that tingly feeling because I have never called them. In 15 years, I have never like actually initiated that I can recall. I have never initiated the phone call. And I dialed the number. And I called and I felt it like washing over. I felt awkward. I felt weird. Like, you know, just like, oh, hi, it's me. It's Priyanka. I felt so weird. <laughs> but I did it anyway. Yeah. And I remember I ended the phone call. I had a great call, by the way, with her, with my mother-in-law. Like it was, it was a lovely chat. I was fearing it. I was, it was, it was just fine. And when I hung up the phone, I remember thinking, so that's what dread feels like. And here I am. I just handled dread and here I am. And if I can handle dread, what else have I been holding back from? Like where else in my life have I been holding myself back from doing the big thing? You can't handle it there. That you thinking, oh, that's that too much. Hard. That that's too big for me. Oh, that I can't even imagine spending that much money on that. I can't imagine like mm -hmm. your program, right? Like even, you know, just before I push the button. There's a moment of like, oh, am I doing this? And then doing it anyway. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I handle this. I can handle a negative mm -hmm. emotion. That was massive for me. Yeah. Let's talk about studying for boards too, because that's a big oh, thing yeah. that comes up so often oh, yeah. where, you know, people are like, but I'm studying for boards, so I can't do the program right now. Or I can't, I, you know, I can't, it's now yeah. it's not a good time for coaching. Yeah. I'm always like, listen, when you're studying for boards is exactly when it's the to best be time. Yes. That's actually when actually I was studying for boards when I joined your program. And that's why 2019 was that like low of lows because I was almost at 200 pounds. I was having serious childcare issues. I was having issues with my son, but I was also studying for my OBGYN oral board exams. And I was, when I tell you overwhelm, I felt like real overwhelm, like under the water, every once in a while coming up for a breath of fresh air, just enough yeah. to survive. And I think that there was a, a part of me did, did wonder, should I wait? Let me just like, maybe I'll, I'll take my boards and then I can really commit. Mm -hmm. I had that thought, like maybe I can really commit, you know, once I've taken care of this thing, like one thing at a time. And then I think the inspired piece of me, you know, the one that was inspired by your messaging and your podcast, the part that believed in you so much, that voice said, but if you just do it now, 
you can just handle everything. Like you can just, you can make the time for everything. I think that it was, I let the, ins, the inspired voice speak louder than the confused voice. The one that's yes. like, maybe next time, maybe, maybe in the next round. Mm-hmm. Why? And, and now I can look back and say, why would I ever want to wait for my future self? Don't make her wait. I want her right. to be here now. You know, and, and I think that anyone, anyone can eventually get to their future self one day. Coaching gets you there so much faster. Yes. So now I get to be her. I get it's to like be her right now. Yes. Yeah, I get to be my yeah. future self right now. I don't have to wait for her anymore. Like a year and a half later, after you just oh very, very first time you even found oh the podcast. God. Oh my goodness. Like, right. Like this is yeah. really, really quick. If you think about like all yeah. the things that have changed and all this through, I mean, we haven't even talked about COVID. I know. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you know, I think that it's, it's, I, I, it's like my brain chemistry has changed because of this work and me changing my brain chemistry in this process supported me through studying for boards. It supported me through COVID. It supported me through, you know, my nanny just told me a week ago that she's leaving. So let me tell you, we're having right. all that, you know, <laughs> my mind drama is coming up again, yep. but yep. I'm, I, I'm in such a different place now yeah. than I was when I had to deal with it last year. It's yeah. just my, my, my brain chemistry is different now, so I can support myself. And I think coaching and learning that tool, that technique has helped me support myself. Yeah. And one thing, you know, you mentioned just before we even started recording that I thought was so great was you were talking about how it's so easy to think when you've listened to the podcast, you're like, I've totally got this. I'm getting amazing results. I've lost weight. Like my life is so much better. Like Mm -hmm. I don't even need the program because I've gotten so much out of listening to the podcast because I think there are really a lot of people who've had that experience. So Mm -hmm. Share with those. Let me tell you, you, you know, <laughs> I, the way that I, I was, I was, I was just telling you before we started recording. So I had a delivery this morning. I'm driving in, it's like five 30 in the morning. I'm driving in. And I was just thinking how we're going to talk today. And I realized that the, the piece of the coaching part of this, the way that I like to think about it now is, you know, as physicians, when we're trained, we think about see one, do one, teach one. And for me, my experience with your podcast was me seeing one, right? So when I was a when I was a medical student, fourth year medical student, doing all my OBGYN rotations, I'm watching, you know, the attending, teaching the interns and the second years how to hold a needle driver, how to start, how to start, how to do their thing. And I remember thinking, like, I'm watching, I, I got this, I know, like just, you know, you got to turn your wrist. They're holding the needle aside. driver. I can do so it. Come on now. I've got this. I've got this. And I, I did, of course, seeing one, learn a lot, right? Like just watching from these attendings and residents, I learned so much. But let me tell you, the first day that I held that needle driver myself, me doing one myself was like, did I turn my wrist? No, I didn't, right? So it's like actually doing it myself was where the biggest part of my growth happened. And even, I think it's very similar with your podcast. I did your, I listened to your podcast for four or five months. I lost 20 pounds before I even joined Waldo. I joined, I mean, I changed so much of my thinking, but when I joined your program was when I started doing, that was when I started taking serious action from a place of real energy and like inspiration. And I think that actually that's the one piece of, in coaching in general, every time I think I see growth, every time I see growth, I want to choose it again. 
let's choose growth again. So like, for example, with your podcast, I saw that I grew so much with your podcast. I want to act big now with your program. I saw so much growth with your podcast, with your program, with, you know, with every step that I've had change to keep choosing change again and again and again to do the hard thing. Right. I so, think that's so yeah. good though. And you're talking about that because I think so often people are like, you know, I'm going to do this program and then I'm just going to be fixed and I'll never need to like work on myself ever again. No, right. And, no. you know, I'll never want to work with a coach again, you know, whether like me or someone else or, you know, mm-hmm. but what we're talking about is that, you know, you, you make progress and then you choose growth again. Like what is the next step? Yeah. What is the next thing that you want to do? Or what is the next area of your life where you're struggling or right? Because new things happen and, you know, yeah. people in your life change and you change and what you want changes and continuing to choose growth, knowing that often it's hard and uncomfortable in the beginning Absolutely, in order yeah. to have the benefit of the result that you want on the other side, yeah. like, yeah. and living like a really big, broad, expansive life. I mean, yeah. that's what we really all want. We don't want to live some really small, constricted life, right. yet we don't want to go through anything that's difficult. It's like, well, right. but that doesn't work. It doesn't work right. that way. Now, what you were saying is that you felt like in the program and Weight Loss for Rogers only, you were learning how to coach yourself too, which is like the teach one, like to be able to teach right. yourself and exactly. continue coaching yourself as you go on. Absolutely. You know, I think so when we go from see one, do one, teach one, I think that the program in the very beginning, I didn't really even understand the concept of self-coaching and learning how to do a model and, and all of that. But I think as you would ask me questions with our written coaching, the written coaching piece of it really helped me understand how to do some of that. I started to understand what a thought download was. What is it? I thought I was doing it, right? I thought mm-hmm. that I understood, oh, I can actually, I can do all this in my mind. Right. I don't actually need to write any of this down. <laughs> this was pre-coach, you know, pre-coaching with you. And I would think, oh yeah, I'm figuring this out. That's a thought. That's a feeling. It was really writing it down, really spending some time on that, that I learned how to coach myself. So even as I'm typing in to ask for ask a coach, as I'm typing, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm able to see some of this now with a place of clarity and learn how to coach myself. So for me, that's yeah. that's that see one, do one, teach one, really learning how to coach myself is the teaching myself, continue right. to so teach myself. Yeah. You can, you can, you know, take what you've learned and go on, like, whether you're working yeah. with a coach or not, like, you know, yeah. how to get yourself through things. Yeah. Day to day. I don't think that this is meant yeah. to be, this doesn't need to be like a, a program forever. And I mean, again, you can do your program forever and ever and ever VIP right. To, to <laughs> right. and beyond. Right. but really for me, part of the skill, one of the skills, if you, again, if you jump in with both feet, if you choose your future self every minute of every day and do the hard thing, you learn how to coach yourself. You learn yeah. how to coach yourself. And for me, that was probably the biggest unexpected gift was me learning that and me learning mm-hmm. like now when something hard comes up, I can handle dread. Yes. I mean, if I can handle that, I can right. handle, what can I not right. handle? And you're like, oh, I'm I can do the uncomfortable okay. things. I can and? handle uncomfortable things. <laughs> right. And I think that that's actually what helps me choose my future self every minute of the day. I think part of being successful in your program or any coaching program is saying, how can I think about that future version of me? She is my best friend. She is someone I want to hold as close to my heart as possible. How can I choose her right now? Choosing her right now, what, what hard decision do I have to make today? What uncomfortable decision do I have to make today? Where am I doing yes. something that's out of my comfort zone, letting go of the wubby nubby, letting go of the safety blanket. (laughs) How can I do this? How can I do this hard thing? Choose her. Yes. I think that that's, that's the biggest piece of it. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. you, you obviously are so inspiring. And then you became a coach yourself. Cause you were like, yes, loving this stuff so much. You became a coach. And then yeah. now tell everybody who you coach. So I coach working moms that want to lose the weight, drop their mom guilt, overcome their overwhelm. Yeah. I, I, this has been part of this. I think it felt like a natural part of my journey just from where I came and went, mm-hmm. I'm taking the teach one to like the next level. Yeah, the next <laughs> I'm like, level. Exactly. Yeah, you don't have to be uh, coach, absolutely not, yeah. absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. But I think I just found myself coaching my my patients. I, I just felt it mm-hmm. really that in I felt so inspired by it that I wanted to keep doing it. And yeah. yes, I became a certified life coach, and I launched my own business recently, That's the so Unstoppable great. Mom Brain. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. How can everyone find you? How can they find more information about what you so offer? So they can come to my website, theunstoppablemombrain.com or join me on Instagram, find me there. And okay. I, you know, again, for me right now, I am really loving to connect with people one-on-one. I'm doing private coaching and yeah, if they're interested and they can Amazing. reach out to me like that. Yeah. So good. Okay. So as a, your final piece of advice for mm-hmm. someone listening, who's mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I can really do it. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I'm on the fence. I just don't really know. What would you tell mm-hmm. her? I would say if you imagine who your future self is, imagine who she is, close your eyes, take a moment to think about who do you want her to be? And I'm not just talking about the weight. I'm thinking about the weight, about her life, about her relationships, every single piece about her. If you hold her close to your heart, how would you make a courageous decision for her? How would you choose her? And if you chose her and you kept choosing her, you will become her. So do that. If you're Mm -hmm. even remotely contemplating coaching, this is that time, I think, to to keep believing that that idea that the seed has been planted. Now you have to water it. You have to let it grow. It's not going to grow on its own. You have to take action. So taking big action from a place of belief is going to give you big results. So I think that that's... Absolutely. If you're considering it, it's, it's one of the best investments of my life. And actually that's the other thing I would say, I think that that can be a big objection for people, the cost. I don't know. I don't know. I have to check is the cost. And for me, when I think about my experience, this has been a priceless experience. I can't actually put a price tag on the past year. I mean, and this is with coach certification and your, I mean, this (laughs) is not, not a, you know, it's, 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 it's a monetary cost, but what I have taken out of it is completely priceless. I could not even put a price tag on it and completely with, with unexpected outcome, with unexpected outcomes. If you could have asked me this time last year, you're joining Katrina's program, you know, like, how's your life going to be? I'd be like, yeah, hopefully I'll lose some weight. Cross fingers, right? cross my fingers. (laughs) I hope to the universe, hopefully I'll lose some weight. Yeah. No, you know, yeah, if you so could, much I else has changed. could never have imagined it. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. It's not even like, oh, your dreams will come true. It's like, you can't even begin to dream it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like your brain won't even, won't even let you see the possibility. Yeah. Like and someone just said to me that like recently, like, think about, you know, your first year in business, like, you know, could you have imagined what you're doing now? I'm like, I couldn't even imagine what I was doing the second year in business, right. let alone what I'm doing now. Absolutely yeah. not. I couldn't and, even know, begin to that- contemplate it. The other piece is this, like, you know, the idea of dreaming and dreaming big, but then realizing you get to make your dreams, you know, like what I, you know, like normally when I dream, it's like, I don't get to control what I'm dreaming. This is that, that 
this is the experience where you fall asleep and you're choosing the dreams that you want to have. You are in the driver's seat. You take your power back in your life. That is what this experience has done for me. I got to take my power back and I get to choose my dreams. Like I get to go as big as I want just because of this. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. We're going to leave it at that. That's a mic drop moment right there. That's amazing. <laughs> Pri, thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing your Katrina, story. Katrina, thank you. I like, you know, I have you here. So I have to just say you have been the biggest inspiration to me. Just, I mean, I don't want to even get, get all teary eyed and start crying, but I will just say you have changed my life in so many ways. You, your coaches, Emma and Zoe and Lynn have changed the course of my life. And Things would have been great beforehand, but things are going to be so amazing now. And it's because my life, my course has totally changed because of you. Thank you so, 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 so much. Nothing could ever, nothing could ever, ever, ever take that away. It's been a priceless experience for me. Thank you. Thank you, Pri. Thank you so much. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubelmd.com and click on free resources.